Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and today you're getting me for a little solo Q&A episode, just answering your questions per usual from Instagram. At my SD Tessa is my handle. That's where I post my weekly question boxes, and you guys always have amazing questions that give me so much information and inspiration. So never feel shy or like your question is too silly or you should know. Seriously, if you're thinking it, I bet somebody else is. So always feel like you can just chime in over there. I did want to say I've been promising you guys some guest interviews. They're definitely coming. It is just kind of a crazy time, I think, for estheticians with, you know, we just had taxes due and this is the time of year where our calendars really tend to ramp up. People are starting to think about the holidays. They're getting back from travel. And I feel like fall is just a moment for everybody where we're like, okay, back to reality. Let's get all the doctor's appointments, skin appointments, all the things on the calendar. So Yes, more guest interviews to come this fall. Please stay tuned. But as for today, let's just hop right into your questions. So there is one question I have been seeing a lot of, so I want to make sure I answer this. And I haven't really gotten this question before, but now I'm getting, I'm just getting it all the time. So the question is, how do you combat acne as an athlete that works out? Somebody else asked as a trainer that works out a lot or lifts multiple times a day. So I wish I had a perfect answer for you that's going to work for everyone, as always, with skin. And I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't emphasize this. Skincare advice is always going to have a little bit of a It depends, caveat, and I think this question also really depends on you, your routine, your tolerance level, your skin type. 
when it comes to sweating, I do want to share that this is an event that can really affect your skin. It's a healthy thing for sure to sweat, but when we sweat, we are also releasing different minerals like ammonia, urea, we release salt, and when this happens, the follicle can get a little bit irritated. And when there's irritation or inflammation in the hair follicle, that's when we can have the potential to break out. So you actually really don't want to let sweat sit on your skin for very long. This is where I try to get my clients in the habit of bringing their skincare to the gym and not everyone is willing to do this. But I really do think it is a difference maker. Even if you're, you know, even if you live somewhat close to the gym, it only takes you 10 minutes to get home. That is 10 minutes longer that you have sweat sitting on your skin. And that can actually affect the skin. For some people, it can promote irritation, inflammation, prickly heat. And for others, it can just really exacerbate acne. And one thing about acne-prone people is they are just very sensitive to these kinds of events. And acne-prone people are really sensitive to triggers in a way that, you know, your average person isn't. So one thing I want to say is that if you are an acne-prone person, your routine and the diligence you have to put into your skin and just the everyday thoughts and intention you need to have with your skin, it is just way different from, you know, your friend who just uses bar soap and has perfect skin and never breaks out. And I'll be the first to say it's like so unfair and I wish I wish it were not the case, but it just is. Acne prone people are dealing with a cyclical condition and it's a condition where you kind of have a lot of different factors working against you, whether it's oil production, just an excess of dead skin cell proliferation on your skin. Those things alone can really exacerbate acne and cause a breakout. And you are just dealing with kind of higher stakes, whereas a normal person has a normal skin cell turnover rate, an acne-prone person is producing excess skin cells at a rate five times higher than that average person. So you've kind of already got the cards stacked against you. So you do need to be more diligent and you do need to be more cautious and careful about caring for your skin. So I do recommend bringing your products to the gym. Now, one product I would love for anybody who works out and struggles with acne to have is a benzoyl peroxide cleanser that is hopefully high quality and works works for your skin, doesn't feel too irritating or drying or stripping. I will link two options that I love from Jan Marini and from Glymed in the show notes. I love both of these. And I do notice a difference in the quality of benzoyl peroxide cleansers. Yes, you can get 
BPO anywhere and you can get it from a doctor, but I do find formulation really matters when it comes to active formulas. You want formulas that also have a balance and healing healing components to the formula. I think that is such a great tool to have if you are sweating frequently. Even if you're able to just use it once a day, that will have a very beneficial effect on oxygenating the bacteria that forms in the follicle and creates a breakout. So I would say get some BPO in your routine. Use it once or twice if you can tolerate it per day. Another product I think would be good to have is a gentle cleanser because you won't be able to use your benzoyl peroxide all the time, but my low foam cleanser is one that I think everyone can use that is extremely gentle. And if you had to cleanse three or four times a day, your skin likely would not feel stripped after using it. So I would definitely have two options for cleanser. I would have something active that addresses the concern. Benzoyl peroxide is great for acne. It's the most effective ingredient we know of for acne. So that's my my recommendation for a treatment product. And then you definitely want to have a gentle cleanser to use and have on hand for the other times you need to cleanse your skin. A third product I would highly, highly recommend is a product that I recently brought on. You can shop it through my Pomp storefront. It is the Hydranity Hyacin Active Antimicrobial Spray. This is a very gentle product. It's great for inflammation and it's just the perfect gym bag product. I always bring it with me when I go to Pilates. Pilates for me is not a sweaty type of workout. So it's kind of the perfect thing to have afterward where I can just do a quick miss real quick. And then As far as the rest of the routine, I would say it should be catered toward your specific skin, but likely having a serum, something that's healing and supportive, hydrating, anti-inflammatory, such as my Complex Serum would be great, and then moisturizer sunscreen of choice. I think kind of the hidden question here is like, do you need to cleanse every time if you're sweating throughout the day? And I think this is where you kind of have to pick your battles. I think if you were having major sweaty sessions, yeah, you probably should cleanse because we don't want that sweat just sticking around. But you're obviously going to have to make some like game time decisions of, you know, if you're sweating four or five times a day, may not be healthy to cleanse that often. We don't want to overdo it. And I think generally I would recommend cleansing about three times a day, once in the morning, once after the workout, and then once in the evening. If you're not working out, you can definitely do a double cleanse in the evening. Otherwise, I kind of like to split up the double cleanse around the workouts. So I hope that is helpful. I would say use your best judgment and you know if you feel like you're really hot and sweaty, it's a good time to cleanse. If you're kind of just seeing clients or training 
lightly, those might be times maybe you could just reach for the highest in active mist and not have to, you know, do your whole routine over and over and over again. On a similar note, someone asked routine for hitting the gym and then needing to run your errands. Okay, first of all, you guys are athletes. You're so fit. I'm loving this. When it comes to routine after the gym, I think you know my ideal scenario is going to be you getting to a sink or a shower ASAP after the gym. We want to just keep in mind sweat is a ticking time bomb for acne. And again, the theme of this episode is acne-prone people are highly sensitive. You're very sensitive little creatures, and you might have to take that extra step of bringing your products to the gym or stopping off at home before your earrings. Is it an inconvenience? Yes, but is it just the reality of what will make managing the condition easier for you and less of a mental headache? Yes. So I say in that case, just be prepared and try to carve out a little intentional time for taking care of your skin after the workout. Acne prone people can also be very prone to body acne, especially on the back where oil glands are larger. This type of acne can come on more suddenly and it becomes very cumbersome to deal with. It can be treated, but I would just say if you can spare yourself the breakouts and bring your products or do a little shower, that would be ideal. So what I would suggest is cleansing in the morning before the workout with a gentle cleanser like Undo or Low Film, applying a hydrating calming treatment serum like my complex serum and then moisturizer sunscreen just keeping those layers very light hydrating anti-inflammatory no need to go into your workout with vitamin c or actives like benzoyl peroxide that could be irritating save that for after the workout after the workout is the time you want to get into the follicle and clean it out so to do that you need active ingredients You can use glycolic acid, you can use salicylic, you can use your benzoyl peroxide product. I love the BPO cleanser from Jan Marini and the one from Glymed. Those will be linked. I would try to use BPO if you can, if you are acne prone after the workout. And then your routine for the morning should be based around hydration, protecting the skin against free radical damage and protection. So maybe a hydrating toner like skin recovery mist from Glymed, my complex serum, vitamin C if you use it, maybe a tyrosinase inhibitor if you want to get crazy. And I do recommend using one. And then moisturizer, sunscreen, eye cream, lip balm, lip SPF, all those things. And then you're good to go. You're all set up for the day. It doesn't have to take long, but I think just carving out the time is so worthwhile. Can you share some ideas for an acne-safe breakfast? Yes, I can. I am certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine in Nutrition. I love marrying holistic nutrition with my acne expertise. And when it comes to food, 
I noticed there's a lot, there's a lack of education, I think, especially among young women. And I think we can default to being confused or scared or fearful of food. And I want the opposite of that. I want people to feel empowered by their nutrition choices. I want them to feel good about what they're eating. I want them to find joy in eating. It's it's a break in your day where you can simply sit and enjoy a meal and nourish your body and make choices to support your overall wellness and skin health. So I don't want nutrition to be scary or fear-based. I want it to be fun. I love food. That's why I love sharing recipes and my inspo because I want it to inspire somebody else to make good decisions for their body and enjoy it at the same time. I think that's kind of like my philosophy and how I like to eat. I definitely can get a little crunchy and love all the health benefits of things, but I need it to taste yummy and good at the same time. When it comes to eating for an acne-prone person, there are a few things I think you can live by that will make clearing easier for you if that is a priority. I think one overarching theme is trying to reach for whole foods when possible. When you go to the grocery store, try to spend most of your time on the outer perimeter you can definitely still go, you know, in the middle aisles. I do for sure, but I'm more careful with those choices because those foods can be more highly processed. You don't always know all that is going into them. So if you can mainly focus on your high quality protein, your fruits, your veggies, your healthy fats, the things in the outside of the grocery store, that's a great basis for, you know, how how you can eat in a healthy way. When it comes to acne specifically, something I would keep in mind is the glycemic index. I have done a chart on this on Instagram, which actually did not perform well at all, but I think it's really useful and it's a little handy guide to the GI score of specific foods. Every food has a GI score that ranges from zero to 100. Your pure protein sources like your meat, fish, eggs, those are a zero. And then the more highly processed, simple carbohydrate or high sugar foods tend to be higher GI, possibly, you know, anywhere from like 60, 70, and above would be considered high GI. And again, going back to our theme of acne-prone people just being sensitive to triggers and things in our body, I notice acne-prone people can be really sensitive to blood sugar spikes. And sometimes there's a degree of insulin resistance involved. But If you keep the glycemic index in mind and educate yourself a little bit, like maybe look up certain foods you consume a lot and just see what the GI score is. And then remember, you can still have medium GI foods. You could still even have high GI foods on occasion, but you want to put those lower on the priority list. And when you can, when you have lots of options or choices in front of you, maybe you can choose the lower GI option and that will support clearing 
in the long run and clearing in your overall lifestyle. So one thing I would say about breakfast is that what we see for breakfast in the media and just, you know, in standard American culture, it does tend to be high GI foods, the SAD diet, standard American diet, waffles, pancakes, pastries, bagels, cereal, toast, all of these things. Something you can do instead is look to protein first. That should be 50% of your plate. If you do that, you're in a really good position with your breakfasts and all of your meals. And that's just something that we weren't really taught when it comes to nutrition or the food pyramid we learn in school, but protein is so, so important for regulating and balancing our blood sugar. Now, there are a couple little triggers I think are important for clearing, and especially when it comes to breakfast. Eggs and dairy are often in, you know, a typical breakfast. Think cream cheese or scrambled eggs, an omelet with cheese. And when you take those things out or you take out those typical breakfast foods, sometimes it's like, okay, so what is left for an acne-prone person? I wanted to share some of the meals that I often make and some meal ideas I share with my clients. I'm going to give you guys a range of options for sweet, savory, or like smaller breakfast versus a larger breakfast. So starting with the savory, something I make often that is an alternative to like a typical egg dish is a pretty simple formula and you can kind of play with this and plug what you like in. So I use protein of choice, sauteed veggies, or you could add a little side of fruit and avocado. And when it comes to eggs, it's unfortunate because they can be a really healthy food. And this is where foods are not good or bad. There's just different qualities. And depending on your health condition or your goal, certain things might affect you. So it doesn't mean that food is bad, but maybe it just doesn't work for you. I notice, I notice eggs don't work for a lot of true long-term acne sufferers. And eggs can contain a protein called albumin that is very difficult for our body to break down. So typically you'll notice congestion in the cheeks, the neck, around the mouth. Oftentimes it's these more inflamed breakouts. So you can always experiment with removing eggs for the diet for a month or so and see if you notice anything positive. I think I am a little bit of an anomaly. I have reached total clearing and I consume eggs regularly. They aren't something that affects me, but they definitely can be an issue for a lot of people. So definitely goes to show we can be bio-individual, but that is one reason I don't have eggs in any of these breakfast ideas. But with this first option I'm giving you, it gives you like that kind of cozy, warm feeling of like a scrambled egg moment. And something I've been doing is I will chop up my onion and my veggies like zucchini, asparagus, spinach, kale, some little cherry tomatoes, saute that with garlic 
an onion powder, maybe some turmeric, salt and pepper, and you can get that same flavor of like a, a scramble. And it's really nice and warming and cozy and just substantial high protein, yummy breakfast. So I'll make that pretty often. And then another little variation of that is just adding some sweet potato. It could be a whole sweet potato. You could do diced sweet potato. You could do sweet potato hash. I've even seen in some grocery stores like frozen sweet potato hash rounds. You could you could totally make that. And sweet potatoes are a more medium glycemic food, but I think they're a great complex carbohydrate option for an acne sufferer. And a great idea if you are somebody who works out and kind of needs more carbohydrates. So I love playing with sweet potatoes. You can even add guacamole or you could add salsa. Salsa tends to be acne safe. I would choose mild options like green or pico de gallo. And that's a nice way to get volume and flavor in your meals without, you know, without triggering breakouts. Another savory option is cauliflower rice. You could also do quinoa and that is a really high protein option for a carbohydrate if you like need some carbohydrates. Um, and I would pair that with your protein of choice. By the way, for protein of choice, I usually do chicken sausage, turkey bacon, do turkey sausage. Sometimes I'll even just do like organic turkey slices from the deli. I personally like that. It's really easy. Or you could do smoked salmon. You could do chicken. You could do ground beef or bison, which maybe some people don't love that first thing for breakfast, but I think it could be really yummy in like a, a taco situation, which brings me to my next option. I love the siete tortillas, tons of options. I've been using the chickpea or almond flour ones. And then I'll do my protein of choice. I've been loving turkey bacon with them lately. Maybe I'll do some vegan cheese. I love the chow brand, C-H-A-O. I get it at Whole Foods or Sprouts. It comes in a little packet of like shredded shredded cheese. It melts really well and tastes very close to the real thing. And then for veggies, I also love getting frozen veggies from Trader Joe's. I think they have some of the best prices on frozen veggies. And I specifically love their like frozen peppers for fajitas or a little breakfast taco situation. And then if you are more of a sweet tooth type of person, for one, I love my smoothies. You can't go wrong with a berry smoothie, especially blueberries are so healthy for you, so high in antioxidants, low sugar fruit, so they're just a great choice. I'll also experiment with strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, cherries, and I've been using the Truvani protein powder lately, the vanilla one. Then frozen spinach or kale. I do a little ice just for the consistency. Then I might add half a banana just to keep the sugar a little more moderate. 
bananas are still very healthy for you. Um, but I just will do half and then really get more of the base from the berries. And then for my non-dairy milk, I have been loving either macadamia milk, hemp milk, or coconut milk. If you can avoid a higher glycemic option like oat milk in a smoothie where you're not really going to taste it, I think that can be a good choice for like every single day. I will still have oat milk on occasion. I know it's like basically banned on TikTok at this point. Not really, but yeah, um, there is more conversation around oat milk and just, you know, it goes back to oats being a little bit more medium to high glycemic. So if you are sensitive to blood sugar spikes, maybe it's not your milk of choice for every single day. And then I also love my coconut yogurt. Kite Hill makes a great almond yogurt that's like Greek style. So if you're used to Greek yogurt and you like that thicker consistency, it tastes pretty similar and it's very high protein. So that is a great option. You could also add in your Truvani protein powder or your pea protein, your acne safe protein of choice. Then I like to add chia seeds, hemp hearts, maybe some flax, ground flax, and berries. You could even warm the berries up on the stove and get like a just a really delicious, more dessert-type uh, compote for your yogurt. And if that sounds like a good little snack but it's not enough, you could also make a little side of protein pancakes. I really love Simple Mills for any type of like pre-packaged dessert, whether it's like brownies or crackers or pancakes. They make great stuff with really good ingredients and they have a new pumpkin spice pancake and I just I just bought the mix. I haven't made it yet, but I would make that and add a little bit of protein powder and then yeah, have it with my yogurt and seeds and fruit. And that would be a really yummy sweet tooth breakfast. When it comes to drinks in the morning, I would have your coffee with a small meal and try to avoid adding milks or sweeteners that are either dairy or high in sugar. I noticed most creamers do have added sugar, which if you are just a person looking to generally be healthy, it's not a big deal at all to have three grams of sugar or five grams of sugar. But if you're an acne prone person, especially if you have your coffee on an empty stomach, I would go with a brand like Nut Pods that makes zero sugar non-dairy coffee creamers. And you can also sip on matcha or spearmint tea. Those are actually some of the most supportive beverages you can have for an acne-prone person. So I hope that helps and just gives you a little bit of inspiration. What is your favorite moisturizer? This is like choosing a favorite child, but I love my Glymed and Jan Marini moisturizers. From Glymed, my faves are the Age Delay Cream. It just leaves such a nice glow on the skin. It's very soothing. It's kind of like a mid-weight moisturizer. You could use it all year round, you know, no matter the season. 
I also love the Vitamin E Sensual Cell Cream. It's a little bit thicker, slightly tacky in consistency. I love it. Not sure if it would be for everyone, but it's a staple for me. Also love Intense Peptide. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't like that moisturizer. It's just a great go-to, more rich type of moisturizer, but not too heavy. You can also use it as an eye cream, so it's kind of a nice two-in-one. And then Comfort Cream, if you're looking for something lightweight, that's my go-to for workouts or for summertime. And then Jan Marini makes two of my all-time faves. I love her Transformation Face Cream and her Hyla Face Cream. They're just both so rich and decadent and packed with growth factors and ingredients to support healthy aging and barrier health. So I will link all of those and always appreciate those of you who shop through me. It really just supports me overall and helps me to make you know, spend more time making content. So thank you in advance for always shopping my storefronts, which are always linked through my Instagram bio. Will ocean water break you out? I live by the beach and I avoid it because I'm nervous it will. No, if you live by the beach, I want you to enjoy the beach, but I, I do get that. It's one of those things where like I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but it would be hard to trace and, you know, maybe it wouldn't. There's definitely some anecdotal evidence that salt water is healing. It can also be somewhat dehydrating. And then it's like, in addition, what else is in the water? Pollutants, animal waste, (laughs) Um, who knows what else? Probably runoff from boats and whatnot. So it's not like it's filtered and clean. I don't know if you're like in the moment, I'd say (laughs) you might be okay. I would probably go for a little dunk and then just do my skincare afterwards. But if you're nervous, I get that too. And like keeping your head above water wouldn't be a bad idea, but hopefully you can still enjoy and go to the beach. This is a great one to end on, how to make the switch from drugstore products to medical grade. So I will say I I use the term professional grade. I think the term medical grade is somewhat misleading, and I just don't really know what that even means. But to me, professional grade makes sense because these are products that are retailed through licensed professionals. And I really do believe there is a difference. I've seen so many videos saying, even from cosmetic chemists, that there's no technical distinction between over-the-counter and professional grade. But it's one of those things, like when you're in practice working on people every single day and you take them off over-the-counter no matter what it is, and their skin improves through professional skincare, I it's just you see it and you believe it. I think I can also really trace my own improvements in my skin health to transitioning to professional skincare. I mean, my skin was just really so compromised and vulnerable and messy before I got into professional skincare. And 
I really think it's one of those things where it comes down to quality and just intelligent formulation. And professional brands tend to invest their money in the science and just quality products that they know professionals can stake their name and their business on. It's hard for a professional brand to survive in this niche if they're not delivering really competitive results. I think these companies know that professionals are savvy. We're not going to keep retailing products that don't work. And we have a lot of pressure and expectation on us from our clients to deliver results. So I do think it is a different category. And I do think there is a difference in quality. As far as how to transition, I think you want to do so slowly, like the slower, the better. I think under professional guidance, it's a bit easier to get on a routine more quickly. But if you are just a consumer out there trying some new things, maybe try one new thing a week. And what I would do is start by transitioning your core staples and working up to the more active products. So perhaps like swapping your cleanser, say you're swapping the CeraVe hydrating cleanser for my free skin by Tessa low foam. You swap your toner and maybe your moisturizer and your sunscreen for some professional options. And then I would replace your active products last The reason I would do that is it gives your barrier some time to heal and get strengthened. And I noticed that is really key before introducing actives and exfoliation. If I take a person who's just on over-the-counter products and their skin is really tight and dehydrated, like so many of my new client skins are... I'm like, do you just feel tight all the time? Because I can see your skin feels really tight. The first thing I want to do is a little bit of rehab and get their skin healthier, more predictable, more luminous, reflecting light, just feeling better. And then I'll give them the active ingredients because if you're putting BPO on a flaky, tight barrier, It's usually not going to end well. So that is where you want to go slow. And, you know, if you have the luxury of time and, and adding things slowly, that can be the best way to go. I'm also a big advocate of a patch test. You can patch test on the small, on a small section of the face or even on your wrist. If you're trying to detect for a true allergic reaction. And I think a patch test is just a really, really good idea when trying new products or if you're hypersensitive or you have a lot of allergies that can really mitigate adverse reactions. And in terms of, you know, one of the benefits of switching to professional skincare, I think the thing I'm always reiterating is that predictability factor. We want your skin to be more predictable and stable. And when I think back to when I was just using random over-the-counter things and Sephora things, I felt like I never knew what was coming with my skin. And then if I were to go in an extreme environment, like if I were to get on a plane or travel somewhere really hot or really cold, 
it was just like things got so crazy and I would wake up with all these new breakouts or all this irritation and redness or all these dry patches. And that really shouldn't be happening if you have a barrier that is intact and a proper healthy quality routine. That's something that I think is a big benefit, especially of working with a professional. Yeah, you're you're still going to break out from time to time. There's no cure for that. It's not the goal to never, ever break out again. I mean, it is, but it's not realistic. But the goal is healthier, more predictable skin. You feel like for the most part, you know what you can anticipate and you know what you're treating. It shouldn't feel like you're treating a whole new set of problems and a whole new skin type every single day. And when you are using high quality formulas that have proper pH balance and don't have a ton of junk and filler and they do what they say they're going to do, I think you can have a lot more success with your routine. I think that is a great place to stop. Thank you guys as always for submitting your questions. If I didn't get to yours, just know there's going to be more opportunities. I post a question box at least twice a week over on Instagram. So make sure you're following along at my SD Tessa and I would love to answer your question next. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you so much. Let me know what you are wanting to hear. Do we want to hear fall skincare tips? Do we want to touch on specific topics? Leave a comment on my latest post on Instagram and let me know. And I'll be back next week for another episode. 